You're listening to The Cleveland Browniacs, a show where two moderately intelligent guys attempt to make sense of the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browniacs podcast is a part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here are your hosts, Elliot Kennel and Joel Cade. You're listening to The Cleveland Browniacs. Gonna play that twice. It was so amazing. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for uh paying attention here and just hanging out with us in the Cleveland Browniacs. I'm Joel Cade. This is Elliot, my man. We used to this podcast used to be known football and philosophy and rocket science. We're still gonna talk about football, philosophy, and rocket science, but we're trying to make this a little bit easier for you guys to find all over the place, given the magic of SEO. Um, so Elliot, how's your week been, man? Well, it's been an exciting week. I think we're getting to the point where we're really getting ready to cut down on the rosters, need to think about who's going to make the team, who's not. We're going to think about whether or not we're going to keep our kicker or not. This is getting down to the nitty-gritty now. All right, tell me about that. So what's going on with the kicker here? Well, you know, the town is really upset with Cade York. Uh, it's reached the national news. We talked about it in Cleveland a lot. Now it's hit the national news. People got wind of uh, him tweeting at halftime about how great he was making three field goals at halftime. I'll tell you what, man, if Johnny Manziel were a kicker, he would do what Cade York has done, getting all this attention <laughs> for himself, tweeting about he made three field goals at halftime. He is He has established himself as the greatest halftime, first half field goal kicker in Cleveland Browns history. Wow. Well, so yeah. just just to Isn't set that the important? scene here. I, I think it's whatever. Um, let me set the scene. So Cade York comes out in the last game against, who are we playing last? The Eagles. Comes out and kicks yeah. three field goals against the mm-hmm. Eagles. And you can see this coming because the first field goal was straight down the middle. The second field goal was a little bit closer to the right. The third field goal, like, hugged that right goal post. And so he goes into halftime, gets on his Instagram account. Instagram is out a picture of him talking about how great he is for kicking three field goals. And then comes out the second half and misses not once, but twice that could have won the game. So instead the Browns could have won the game, but instead the Browns tie the, the Philadelphia Eagles. So now that, you know, this has come out, he's come out in halftime doing this stuff. You know, people are starting to get up in arms. Just like my man Elliot here mentions that he's the the Johnny Manziel of kickers. Um, please elaborate on that. I want to hear some more about this because I well, don't like kickers. Yeah, at I all. want to actually look at this, this from two different sides. You know, one is that we can't assume that the hold was perfect. We don't want to exonerate the snap or the hold. We don't know why the kick was missed, frankly, but it doesn't look good at all on the kicker for tweeting at halftime. That's eccentric behavior. I don't like it. Uh, We mentioned on this show before that kicking is a high-pressure position, and we use the analogy in the military. The military likes to put pressure on its recruits because you're going to face pressure in the field. So I do believe that the kickers need to get used to artificial pressure but putting pressure on yourself is not part of the game. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. I think it's really a, a very, very poor procedure. Not happy at all. 
I think that it's a uh, it's just not what you look for in the mentality of a field goal kicker. And I do think that the Browns need to be looking at the waiver wire when it's time. And yeah, you have to say that, oh yeah, we definitely support the kicker and we're really looking forward to him having a great career with the Cleveland Browns and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, the Browns are in the market for a field goal kicker. Maybe not the most expensive field goal kicker on the market, but they're scouting who they have, who's available now, who did they have in college uh, that's available. Uh, the kid from uh, Georgia, that was the SEC uh, um, Special Teams Player of the Year is available. I think they ought to be looking at players like that. Yeah, I'm going to tell you this. I've never been a fan of kickers, but you know I dabbled in kicking in my junior high and early high school days, and I'll tell you what. I There's... <clears throat> On the one hand, it's it's difficult. On the other hand, it's it's not that difficult. There's some specialities that go into it, but in the end of the day, you're swinging your leg like a pendulum when you're kicking a football. The thing, my thing with kickers is the kickers have this like quirky personality. You know, Justin Tucker's out there making fun of people. Joey Sly, I don't know if you saw Joey Sly at the end of the uh, Commanders game on Monday night, throwing the L up for the loser toward the uh, Ravens bench after he kicks the game-winning field goal, breaking their miraculous 24-game preseason <laughs> winning streak. Um, you know, kickers are a different breed. Like, <clears throat> like they have some of the weirdest personalities out there, and they do some of the strangest things that you can even think of. Like, I think the most accurate movie clip I've ever seen is, like, this movie, The Replacements, where they got this weird guy out there kicking, and he's just like, whatever. You know, he's just doing whatever he wants. So, you know, I don't care about like let me put it this way, I don't want to see his halftime Instagram because nobody cares. You're not a football player, you're a kicker. You're like the position that like has its own name. You're the kicker. I mean, you're not a football player, you're a freaking kicker. You can go kick a soccer ball, kick a baseball, all I care. Just kick the ball through the uprights. That aside, I mean, there is the possibility that Kate York wasn't running this this Instagram account, I've been assured that it was actually him. And if it is actually him, that actually breaks NFL policy and they're probably going to find him for it. That is in the NFL is going to find him for it because he's like using phones at halftime. The last time the Browns got people out there using phones at halftime, um, Ray Farmer ended up getting suspended for a bunch of time. And he's down there tweeting down to the coaches to say, or texting the coaches saying, put in Johnny Manziel. Wonder if uh, they're down there. Put in the Cade York kid. Put in Cade Yikes. See if you can make a field goal. I don't know. I don't. We're talking about kickers, man. We're talking about kickers. We're talking about kickers. <laughs> We're talking about kickers. Yeah, let's talk about something else. I'm tired of giving him free airtime because that's part of his problem. Let's talk about something else. Well, Elliot, I got a question for you. Yeah. Are you a fan of an NFL team? Cleveland Browns, yeah. Would you love to attend your favorite team's week one game? Sure. Well, you're in luck because the Fans First Sports Network Network is giving away four, one, two, three, four, free tickets to week one NFL game of your choice up to $5,000. The rules to enter are extremely simple. Just go to contest.fansfirst.com firstsports.com and fill in all the appropriate information. That's it. And once you've done that, 
you've been officially registered to win four free tickets to any week one NFL game. Well, what are you waiting for? Go enter your shot at seeing your favorite team in action. The contest ends on September 4th. Okay, I'm all over it. You should do that. I bet you could be there in person to watch Cade York shank some field goals week one. Oh. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to be there for that, right? Well, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he makes all the field goals this time, that all these uh, all this pressure he's put on himself, I hope it helps him to uh, make field goals somehow. We can only so again, hope. I'll just I'll just say, Elliot, if you want to win these things, man, or those of you who are listening, if you want to win these tickets, just go to contest.fansfirstsports, all one word, dot com, and then fill in the appropriate information, and then you have your chance to win four free tickets to the to opening game of your choice. Okay, you talk. So now we got that out of the way. Let's let's take our break here. And after the break, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the real exciting news, and that's money. Money is always exciting. So when we come back. We're going to talk money. Hang on, guys. Okay, guys, we're back, and I want to talk to you a little bit about money. Coming out of the commercial break, the Browns this week. In case you guys are living under a rock or haven't seen, have restructured contracts for Miles Garrett, Joel Batonio, and David Njoku. David Njoku, that's right. Getting them to the point where they're having, the Browns now have $37 million in free in cap space room, which Elliot and I, if you've been paying attention, we're actually making fun of the Bengals for having $24 million of free cap space. So now we have to be asking the question, what are the Browns doing? I was going to say, what the elf was that? But that's not this show. What are the Browns doing? This is where we're going to figure it out here on the Cleveland Brainiacs. All right, Elliot, I'm going to pass it to you. What are the Browns doing with all this restructuring? Well, you know, that's very funny. Is um, I actually, you know, I had a terrible <laughs> off season in terms of predicting the cap this year. And what I predicted was, is that they would do exactly that. I said, you know, they're going to have to restructure Garrett's contract, and they're probably going to have to restructure the offensive lineman as well, and also Njoku. Uh, what I got wrong was is that I didn't think that they would do uh, Watson's contract. I didn't think they would touch that because it was so, uh, you know, uh, dramatically higher than any other quarterbacks, and I didn't think that they would touch it. And it turned out that that was the first thing that they did. And um, so now, all of a sudden, it looks uh, a lot better that they did restructure that because that's how they're going to operate. Uh, there will be a day of reckoning sometime in the future, but they are taking their shot at winning a Super Bowl. They're giving themselves the opportunity to get that special player if they need to before the trade deadline. That's what they're trying to do. And they're going to do the same thing next season. The idea is that they're going to have a good season uh, from Watson, and if they do that, all's well. They'll extend him <clears throat> another year or two and uh, move some money from next season uh, to uh, some future years. Uh, understand that as it is, even with all this restructuring, the 2024 season is way overspent, and they have to restructure Watson in order for that 2024 season to make any sense. 
So their plan is not to have a good team every year, but they're going to keep on pushing money into the future as long as they can and keep the window open as long as they can, but it's not forever. At some point, you know, like 2026, 2027, I'm not sure when it is, uh, they are going to have to have a fire sale and uh, bring all of this to a close and go back and rebuild. That's their plan. So, so Elliot, what, what is Watson's cap hit next season? Um, give me just one second. I'll look that up. And next season in 2024, Deshaun Watson has currently a $64 million cap hit for next season. And so I, you're again, thinking maybe... You're thinking maybe the strategy is to roll over the $37 million? They will have to, to do that. Pay they, for like... they, can't, they cannot pay him $64 million next season. It doesn't make any sense. What they will do, I believe, if he has a good year, is they will uh, extend him, let's say, one more year, and then they will take a first-year discount you know, maybe so maybe pay him half of that, pay him like, let's say, $30 million, I would say, something like that, and uh, spread the rest of it out over the remainder of that contract. So they'll pay down some of it, but they're not going to pay $64 million in one season uh, up front. That, that would be kind of crazy, I think. So you also well, mentioned you also mentioned that maybe the Browns are going to try to go out and get a player. Do you think maybe some of this $37 million is there? to pick up somebody if they are able to make a super bowl run they would not hesitate to make a trade or do whatever they need to in order to bring in a special player before the trade deadline this year yeah i think they are understanding how to manipulate the cap and how to bring in special players when they have the opportunity to win the super bowl now if they decide for some reason that they can't win the super bowl like let's say that um, let's say that they have some key injuries and that they're not going to have a Super Bowl team this season for whatever reason, then they might try to uh, go the other way, save some money, uh, take money away from the 2024 cap so that they can have a better team next season. They might do mm -hmm. that uh, if the injury situation influences this season and ruins their chances, let's say. Uh, they will manipulate the cap to favor the year that they do make that Super Bowl run. But they are, in the near term, hopefully this season, trying to win the Super Bowl. Make no mistake mm -hmm. about it. They're right. not trying to play for 500 uh, as best they can. They want to win the Super Bowl. Speaking of winning the Super Bowl, is there anybody out there that You've, you're, you've talked about maybe rolling the cap over. You've talked maybe about the trade deadline. Do you think there's any targets out there right now that the Browns might be looking at, and that's why they're restructuring the contracts? I mean, you've no, got people no. available. Hold on, let me give you a list of people that might be available. Aaron Donald might be available because the Rams are out there just floundering yeah, this season. Let, let me put it to you this way, is that I don't think that they need to restructure the cap to that degree in order to land Aaron Donald. I think they could make that trade if they wanted to make that trade without doing all this restructuring. Would do the same thing be true for, uh, um, oh, the name just came out of it. Can't think of the name. Running back over at Indianapolis is searching for a trade. Um, 
Well, if they wanted to do two trades, you know, I think to do one trade, any trade that they wanted to for one key player, they would not need to make uh, a deal or excuse me, not need to restructure in order to make one key trade. But if they wanted to bring in, let's say, two players, three players to make a Super Bowl run, uh, this is what they need to do. But I think that happens like in October uh, when the trade deadline is closer that they mm. would need to make that deal like like the rams did with uh, obj as you'll recall they brought in well, that, him. yeah they brought him in on a rather late we talk about his contract obj wanted that stuff paid out in bitcoin ended up making twenty thousand dollars total to play all that time with the los angeles rams yeah i don't i don't think it was that much money but the point is is that making these late trades is something that they might be able to consider with a lot of cap room and then still have some room to maneuver in order to bring down their uh, expenditures in 2024 and have an, another shot at uh, the uh, Super Bowl next season. So I think they're mm -hmm. kind of on a two-year plan. So this is kind of like a, a posturing of the cap, right? They're poising the cap to be prepared for the season. So just as they're getting the team ready, the offense and the defense, now they're getting the cap ready, right? If if we need to trade somebody in the middle of the season, we've got it. If things are falling apart and we got a plan for next year, we can roll that cap over. That'll give us some more money in the war chest next year. You know, so the, the cap is being primed and put in position. Yeah, to, they're, they're to, in position. To get ready for the position, for getting ready yes. for the season and next. Yeah, they still have to make a move in order to clear room for 2024, but they only really need to do, I think, is to uh, restructure Deshaun Watson. And I think that then they would be able to function pretty well in 2024. <laughs> if they don't have a good year from Deshaun Watson, they've got a big problem. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that they probably will. Okay. That's a good dog imitation. Uh, there's somebody at my front door right now. That's what's going on. So, Elliot, you, hold down the show for us. Now, hold down the show. Keep talking. Yeah. I'll be okay. right back. Yeah, I think we need to also take a look at the existing roster, and I'll tell you where I think that the holes are. Um, I've been saying all off season that the Browns do not have a backup running back for Nick Chubb. And I've taken a lot of flack about that. The, uh, and Twitter, of course, Twitter, you, you can't really take them very seriously anyway, but, uh, the, um, the people's choice of course is Jerome Ford, who's, uh, done a really good job on kickoff returns. And so the thought is that, well, because he's been so athletic on kickoff returns, we think he's going to be uh, a fine backup running back, and that may be true. Uh, but you really need to have four people in the running back room, and there's at most two, and Ford is injured, and we'd really like to have uh, two other guys in addition to Ford, and we don't really have them. So the Browns are auditioning running backs, and uh, I think that they may pick up somebody at waiver time uh, when summer camp is over. I think that uh, they have not been successful at finding somebody that can function at the NFL level, you know, gain like 200, 300 yards as uh, Nick Chubb's backup. Uh, we don't have that 
if Ford is not able to go due to physical reasons, they don't have a number three that they can plug in there and uh, do a really good job. Um, I think another thing that I'm very interested in is to see what's going on with the offensive line at Dewan Jones. Look like he's a real stud. Yeah, let's talk about this. Let me, let me jump in on this. I think part of the complicated issue here is Jack Conklin. Okay. Jack Conklin, as you may recall, has been in concussion protocol, right? And then he came back. And the very first day he came back, he went back into concussion protocol. So I think right now, Jack Conklin's a big question mark about whether or not he's starting this season on at right tackle. So I think you've got to get Dewan Jones prepared, particularly if he's going to be a swing tackle. He's going to play left and right. You've also got James Hudson. God help us if that guy has to play. That needs to play left and right at the same time. So I think some of the reports of uh, Dewan Jones playing left tackle is a little overblown. I don't think he's challenging Jedrick Wills at this point. I think you're trying to prepare him to play <clears throat> swing tackle um, in the league. Mm -hmm. so just my thoughts on that. Well, yeah, I don't know that we, you know, if if Conklin needs some extra time to make sure that he's going to be healthy, I think that they probably should give him some extra time and let Jones play. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, let him play. He's, you know, he played at Ohio State. That's not like East Podunk State or something like that. He played major college ball. And there's no reason not to let him start if uh, Conklin needs some extra time. And um, so I think that's probably what they should do. You know, well, I, I don't want to be a play doctor, but I think that that's certainly something that they would mull over is um, uh, the medical situation. Uh, it, it's not a it's not a bad thing to let the rookie play. Yeah, I mean, Jack Conklin, I think, is is a question mark, but, you know, obviously he's going to be on the roster. So if he's going to be yes. on the roster, you know, then you got to put him on concussion protocol. They're hoping to make sure he's just completely ready to go, you know, before the season starts. But having Dewan Jones has been a real blessing. I just, I just, I'm just trying to warn people from over reading into, you know, him playing on those left tackle slots. I think there's a reason why he's doing that. He has to learn to be a swing tackle. I found it interesting that Luke Whipler has been playing a lot of guard. And I don't know if that's because. <clears throat> You know, all those interior linemen have to be able to play all three of those positions, just like tackles have to be swing tackles. Yeah. They all have to be able to play all the positions. I don't yes. know what this means for Nick Harris. Okay. I mean, do they? I mean, they have him listed as the second center, but is he really the second center? Are we talking about Luke Whippler as the second center, or is Luke Whippler just falling on his face? I, I don't yeah, know what to think here. I, I think a, a lot of it depends upon whether or not they believe they can um, any of these guys can clear waivers. If they believe that they can get Nick uh, through waivers, it doesn't really matter how good he is. It matters. Can they survive waivers and can they stash him on the practice squad uh, for a week or two until they can bring him back on the, on the big club. Uh, <clears throat> but if he's perceived as an injury risk because he was hurt last year, they may try to uh, sneak him through waivers, keep him on the practice squad, and then bring him up as roster spots become available. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, I think if they have a crowded situation um, at center, you know, having three centers is kind of a luxury. And I don't so, know if it is crowded. I think I wonder. I wonder if the situation is they're committed to Whipler at center, the backup center, and now they're trying to get him to play guard so he has enough diversity that you can keep him on the roster as something other than a dedicated center. Because yeah, if you have, I, go ahead. I think he has to be because they drafted him. You know, you, you uh, a 2023 draft pick is not going to be cut unless he really totally screws up. I mean, if you're like a sixth or a seventh round guy, you, you might get cut. Yeah. No. <laughs> you no. might. But I don't no. know. I mean, Nick Harris has been hurt. And, you know, I could see them saying, okay, we, we want to use Luke Whipler now, but we've got to make sure he's trained to play guard and center both. Yeah. Well, Harris has never done anything bad. Um, you know, when he's gotten his chances, he's played well. Um, so it's it's hard to say. Um, you know, the, the question thing, on Harris, the question on Harris coming out of Washington was just his size. His, and size, his size and, and, you know, the fact that he's been injured. I think that, yeah, makes I think it, the injury part is what's getting him because it makes it of his size. That he would, mm-hmm. um, that he would be uh, taken on waivers if he were subjected to waivers. So I think right. that there is some chance I, that they yeah. can have their cake and eat it too. Yeah, I, I see Harris getting cut. Now, whether they look around and they say, okay, we like this guy better for our third string center, I don't know. I mean, nobody expected Ethan Pochick to come in and win the job and then get a get a contract. So, you know, I will I will say this as we start to wrap up, Elliot. It's nice that our conversations are about backup offensive linemen, and that's where our concern. Our concern is also backup running backs, you know. Years past, we'd be sitting here talking about, you know, are we really going to start Deshaun Kaiser? Are we really doing like a, a whole roster of quarterbacks that have never won an NFL game, which we literally did? And, you know, these kinds of conversations about starters and questions about starters, we're here sitting there talking about what about this backup and that backup. So I think that really says something about the state of the uh, the Browns roster. Well, I, you know, I, I think the Browns are contenders. I, of course, if you ask me, when push comes to shove, I think that uh, a lot of teams are contenders. If you look at the at the uh, betting odds, uh, all the teams have some probability to win. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't be able to bet on them. So, um, you know, NFL football is not predictable. So, you know, people who are very fatalistic about the Browns' chances, um, I think it's very realistic that our team has a has a puncher's chance just like everybody else's, and maybe we're a little better than that. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we wrap up, do you want to see what was at my door? Yeah. Uh, give me a second. I'll show you. A skunk. It's the live unboxing, if I can get it open. Oh, okay. The live unboxing. Oh, i got to get my scissors. Got to go. Look, there's a rip thing right here. The live unboxing of this thing, man. There's a, a town I grew up in. It's called Piqua. It's called Piqua, Ohio. Yeah, I know Piqua. Yeah. I grew awesome up there town. and uh, played football there in high school and all this kind of yeah. stuff. Well, I was on Facebook the other day, and it looked like 
some guys up there in Piqua have decided to put together an adult baseball team. And I saw their, their uh, logos and I thought, I just got to mm-hmm. get this. So I bought myself one of their jerseys of the Piqua aliens. Oh, cool. So that I had to get cool. one, had to get one. We can see it. Number 51 for obvious reasons. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah aliens 51. Got my name on the back. You know, right there. Not well, not to be confused with Cade Yikes. That's my last name. 51. So the uh, the Piqua Aliens. So I'm pretty excited about this. In fact, I'm just going to throw it on real quick. Then, well, uh, you know, by amazing coincidence, you know, I played a, adult baseball. And I believe I have a number 51 jersey also. Is that ridiculous or what? My, my you know, I have a Japanese baseball jersey from uh, Ichiro Suzuki. How about that? Yeah. And 51. Ah, so far. You'll have to get my 51 jersey. I don't know where it is right now, but I do. So I do want to give a, a shout out to uh, all the players on the Piqua Aliens. Their inaugural season. I think they're taking over a schedule halfway through some other team that, that kind of dropped out. I'm not quite sure. But, uh, you know, shout out to the Piqua Aliens. Good luck this season. Represent my hometown, Piqua, with the Aliens. That's excellent. So good luck to them. All right. All right, Elliot, I think that wraps up our show. All right. So everybody, thanks for uh, hanging on and all of our craziness that went on today. So catch you next week. Yeah, let's come up with a spend plan for $37 million, man. Yeah, let's do that. All right, here we go. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Brownies. Please like and follow us on Spotify and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Go Browns! Go Browns!